0: Hi, I'm Clara, and this is episode four of Listen If You're Lonely. Welcome back. Last week, I briefly mentioned mental health, and I feel like it's an important topic that deserves its own episode. And especially since I'm a psych major, I care a ton about mental health. I hope to work in the school system, helping students get help for their mental health problems. And that means that I spend a lot of time thinking and learning about different mental health conditions. But I was in a class in my high school called Intro to Education, and every month we had to write reports on news articles that related to education. And the topic I picked was this article on how going away for college really severely can harm students' mental health, especially if they had started getting treatment for it in high school and weren't able to continue doing so in college. And in there, I mentioned that I was concerned that something like that might happen to me, that I'd go away to school, and I'd lose all my support systems from home, and I'd really struggle. And my teacher wrote a comment on my paper saying, well, but you're aware of it. So you're not going to fall into those patterns. And she was wrong. I was aware of my mental health and I still slipped into two depressive episodes without really noticing. So, oops. (laughs) Um, But yeah, since I've been dealing with anxiety for so long, I have had a lot of times where it makes me feel isolated from the people I love even when I know I'm really not. There were days both freshman and sophomore year of college where I was alone in my dorm room and I found it so hard to reach out to people over text or just by going and knocking on somebody else's door and so I would sit in my dorm room alone and just feel like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. So because when you because when you have mental health problems like anxiety, depression or anything else, your brain can be your own worst enemy and you can know that what it's telling you is wrong, but it's still so hard to not listen to it, because it's your brain. And my brain likes to tell me that I don't deserve my friends and that maybe they don't really like me, they just tolerate me. And then it can be really hard to be confident and happy and most importantly, just present when I'm around those friends when those worries are just constantly in the back of my head, and then I get anxious when I'm reaching out to people to see if they want to hang out because I get scared of being rejected and my anxiety loves to remind me of all the times that I have been instead of all the times where I haven't been. And that's another big thing. That's a a big thing with depression too, is your brain latching on to the old bad memories and making it harder to remember the good ones that would help you feel better in those times. It also, my anxiety makes me overanalyze everything um, that I say and that I do when I do go out with people and I do have plans, but I've been working on that one for years now, since I've been in therapy for close to six years. And therapy, I think, is a wonderful tool for anybody who has the time and the resources for it. It really helped me come out of my shell and learn to live with my fears instead of letting them control me. I mean, there are some things that are just such big Like webs of symptoms and different worries that it's hard to untangle them and get to the bottom of them, which would let me find a way to control them. Like going to class. It was an issue in high school. I would get so anxious going to class that I couldn't focus on anything the teachers would say. And it's kind of it was the same my freshman year of college when classes were in person. I would feel like there was a spotlight on me, that everybody was judging me, and I would also worry a lot about being called on to answer a question or something like that. Um, And sometimes I had a hard time keeping up with what the teachers were saying and with taking notes, since I have a hard time hearing people when there's background noise and stuff. And professors just go so fast when they're lecturing. And then combine that with being worried about falling behind, and it'd make it so much more likely to fall behind because now I'm focusing on something totally different than what I should be. I'm focusing on, oh God, I'm falling behind instead of trying to get caught up with what I'm falling behind on. And so that's why I really liked online classes. It was just me in my pajamas in my dorm room, you know, a blanket wrapped around me like I'm, um, the Virgin Mary, you know, and nobody could call on me. And if I didn't, hear the professor right, or I was a little bit confused, or they're just going too fast. I would just pause the video or rewind five seconds or something like that. And now the classes are going back to being in person, it'll be something that I have to work on again, I'll have to find new strategies of managing my physical anxiety and being present during my class times stuff like that and that's kind of what therapy is it they teach you coping strategies and let you lay out all of your anxieties and start to untangle them because it can be hard to do it on your own and getting a kind of neutral third party can be really helpful there are also some things that are so physical that it's hard to just learn a coping strategy to control them. Like, for example, I get night panic, where I just randomly wake up in the middle of the night panicking for quite literally no reason since I was asleep at the time. And I have an anxiety med for it, but I usually calm down so fast I don't need to take it. I just need five minutes to go stand in the bathroom and take deep breaths. Maybe splash some water on my face. Have a glass of water, and then I go back to bed and fall right asleep. And I've been considering getting an emotional support animal later on when I have an apartment to myself and no roommates' allergies to worry about. Just so I can have um, a companion. Just so I can have a companion at night because I feel like just having. A presence there, it would be really nice. And aside from anxiety, I have had two depressive episodes. They were never long enough to be for me to be diagnosed with depression because they only last a few months at a time. The first one was triggered by me going away to college because that's such a hard transition, and I was really lonely at the time and I was taking, 17 credits as an incoming freshman, so it was just not a good time. Um, And then ironically, my second one was triggered by being sent home due to the stay-at-home order and everything about that. And both times they were hard to notice, I guess. I didn't even know I was in depressive episodes, until afterwards, when I mentioned it to a friend, I said, I feel this big feeling that I can't describe. It's just this like hole in my chest, and I just want to curl up and disappear. And they said, You know, that sounds like depression. I brought it up to my therapist, we talked about it for a while. But, anyways, I, when I'm in the midst of them, I don't even notice that I haven't always felt that bad. That like with the second one that started when the stay-at-home order went in place, I didn't even really notice that it wasn't normal for me to be sleeping 10 or 11 hours straight because it was like, well, we're home and we can't see anyone, and there's nothing for me to do but homework. So who cares if I'm sleeping for a long time? But my sister did, and she would pester me all the time to get up and do stuff with her. And I'm really thankful for her, and because she helped me with my first one, too, when I was so homesick and overwhelmed and lonely. She was always there to text her, and she handled my long cries way more than she should have had to but it was just so nice to have somebody there because the whole thing that really got to me then is that i didn't have my support system anymore my family was back home i didn't have my therapist anymore because she was back home i didn't have my high school friends because we had gone to all different schools and i felt just so alone and because I was feeling bad, it was so hard for me to and just enjoy myself, have fun at school, and make friends, because when you're just that sad, it's hard to be open to new connections. So yeah, I was going to every club meeting that sounded interesting, but I was in such a bad headspace that I just I couldn't make any friends and it actually when I get sad like that I just want to disappear or run away or something and I almost actually did it. Over quarantine my big project was finding a school to transfer to because I really just wasn't happy at my current school you know, like I said, I didn't really have any friends. I was lonely. I was burnt out because I'd been working so hard. And I really just thought I needed a change. So I ended up applying to three different schools, I think got into two of them. And I went and saw the two schools I got into. My dad and I took many road trips, you know, Isolated, we were safe, but we drove to them and spent the day walking around to see if I would feel any better there. And there was neither of them fit quite right. The first one, the program I would have to do, wasn't exactly what I was going towards. And the other one was in much smaller of a town that I wanted. That one was obviously the winner because it was closer to home and had a really good program. It was the University of Iowa, which has one of the best creative writing programs in the country. And their psych department is in the same building as their English department. It was called like Seashore Hall or something. And I fell in love with it. But I don't think I would have been any happier at those schools because I still would have been away from my family and away from my home and my support system, and I wouldn't have had any more friends. So in the end, after spending so many months researching, planning, applying, visiting, I ended up just staying at my current school because running away was not gonna make me feel any better. And that's something I still struggle with sometimes on these late nights where I just don't feel good about anything in the world, just feels like too much. The old want to run away will come back. And I'm still not quite sure if my plans to go to grad school abroad are really because I really just don't like America and don't see myself living here. For my whole life, or if it's some um, part of me still wants to run away. Because it all started with a book called Again But Better by Christine Riccio. I think I got her last name wrong, but it's about this person who studies abroad so that she can try out this creative writing program because she's on the pre-med track because that's what her parents want, but she doesn't really like it. And for some reason I just thought it sounded so cool to study abroad in England, but I don't have room in my undergrad schedule to study abroad because I already will be graduating with too many credits and um, I don't need to drag it out for a whole semester. But then I started thinking, what if I just went to grad school there? And then I thought, and what if I don't come back? So. I've been thinking about going to grad school in the UK, or maybe in the EU, in Germany or something, for a couple months now, actually close to a year probably, since I started during quarantine. And the idea of leaving my friends and family behind is really scary. But at the same time, it's kind of freeing the idea of just getting to start over totally. And I think I have to think about that for a while to see if I really do want to do that or if it's just those old tapes stuck in my brain replaying. Because it is important to have a support system and there's nothing wrong with staying close to home, staying in a place you know. So I Sometimes when I'm home, like right now, being home for summer, I'm pretty lonely, but I have my family, and my little town where there's concerts every Friday and Saturday night in the park downtown, and there's string lights over all the trees, and I can see myself staying here for the rest of my life, too. So I just gotta figure out what's right for me, because I don't know if running away is really as good as the movies make it seem. There's also no shame in trying to leave, trying to branch out, or trying to run away, and coming back after it. That's what I did after my close to a year out of state. I came home, and I told my family that I think I thought I needed help, and they got me back in touch with my old therapist, and they check up on me a lot and let me know that I can always talk to them, I can always call them when I am at school, and they're always there for me. So what I'm trying to get at is that if you need help, you should reach out to anyone you can, whether that's a family member, or a friend, or a crisis line, though those don't have the best track records, but there's online therapy apps and stuff like that, where people can get help. I think there's one called Seven Cups or something. I've heard of them. I think they're good. But yeah, mental health is so important. And I'm not just saying that as a psych major. So if you feel like you just need somebody to talk to or something, do it. It's not worth trying to bottle it up or put it away, and lock it up in a box somewhere. Yeah, and I think that's about where I'll end the episode, so thank you for listening to me today. I hope you're feeling a little bit less lonely wherever you are, and I'll see you next time.